And who would have thought, like, I'm a communication major. You would think I would be like this great communicator, but I mean, it, it takes practice. It takes learning. It takes growth. It takes having the willingness to grow. And that's what I have. I have the willingness to grow. But when I was drinking, I didn't. I was playing small every single day. I was not stepping out of my comfort zone. I was numbing. I was buffering. I was hiding. It's crazy to think that one beverage was holding me back from all of this. Hello, and welcome to the Healing and Dealing Podcast. I am your host, Charlotte, and I am so excited to go on this journey with you. Through a trauma-informed lens, we will navigate healing through conversation and connection while learning tools to embody our transformation and make lasting changes in our lives. We will cover relatable topics and discuss various modalities to put into action and ignite change. This podcast will have incredible guests who will share their story and provide proof that even in the darkest times, there is light waiting for us. If you landed here, it's for a reason. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three. This episode is truly, truly special for me to share with you. This is going to really dive into my journey, making alcohol small and insignificant in my life. It's been almost eight months now, but I'm going to kind of take you back to when I was in that really low time and where I was at mentally and physically and kind of walk you through the steps that I took and the programs that I invested in that really helped me get to the place that I am today. But first, I'm just going to kind of give some background information to my alcohol history. I started drinking at a very young age. I remember being 12 I think, yeah, like seventh grade and, you know, in the kitchen with my best friend and my mom drank vodka and we would pour out her vodka or pour her vodka into a water bottle and then fill her vodka up with water thinking that she would never know, right? Well, she never said anything, so maybe she didn't know, but yeah, we were drinking vodka straight out of the bottle and which now I think about it like, oh, how could I do that? But that was my first experience drinking and it was disgusting and it burned my throat and I couldn't believe like people actually drank this. Like it was so nasty, right? You remember that first drink? I'm sure everyone remembers. It's it's like, oh, this is nasty. But um, of course, that doesn't hold us back from continuing to drink. Shortly after that, I began going to parties during high school and everyone was drinking. It really was, you know, just the thing to do. Everyone was doing it. So I started drinking almost every weekend throughout high school and I wasn't getting blackout drunk at that point, but I was drinking to feel like I could socialize. I was drinking because I thought it made me have fun. I was drinking because everyone else was doing it. And it just became a routine in my life and my friend's life that I hung around during that time. So during this time, I created so many beliefs around alcohol subconsciously. I believed I needed it and it started to become deeply ingrained in me because not only was I drinking, you know, myself, but I was watching adults around me drink for so many years and I just believed that that's what adults did and it was, you know, a way to unwind, a way to have fun and kind of loosen up. 
Uh, my first time completely sober was when I was pregnant with my son when I was 19. And I recall telling people how amazing I felt. I felt so clear-minded and positive and joyful. And I don't think it was just because I was pregnant. It was really because I was alcohol-free now that I look back on it. It was just, I was thriving mentally and physically, and I felt so good. And after I realized that, it was like, wow, this is this is the first time I really went with a long time period without alcohol. And I, I love that I have that to recall on because it was the first time. And I, I like knowing that when I was younger, I still had that thought process of, okay, this feels really good without alcohol. I actually really like this. But after I had my son, I went straight back to drinking. I was, you know, 20. Day, I had him a day before my 20th birthday. So, of course, that's, you know, a big party phase in a lot of people's lives. And and I chose to party and have fun. And, and as I did that, I was validating so many limiting beliefs that I had. For example, I'm not likable unless I drink. I need alcohol to have fun. I'm myself when I am drinking. I feel confident when I'm drinking. All of these limiting beliefs really began to take over. And it was my belief system. I didn't see any other way. But wow, the lies I told myself for so many years... I really didn't realize how deep these beliefs were until recently, and I started diving into them. I also didn't realize the shame that I was carrying around from drinking, just feeling so ashamed of my behaviors when I drank, or ashamed I drank when I told myself I wouldn't. Shame kept me so small, and I felt so incapable of accomplishing what I truly wanted to accomplish for many years. I felt I wasn't good enough. I felt I wasn't reliable. I felt like I was insignificant at times. I had to learn how to let go of shame. And my first encounter with that was with this book that I read called Euphoric by Carolina. And she taught me to own and accept my truth and forgive myself. And that was not easy. It was it was truly a process. I was really stuck. I was stuck emotionally, spiritually. I was just in this hamster wheel of alcohol throughout, you know, most of my adult life besides when I was pregnant. And I knew I wanted out of this hamster wheel. I just didn't have the tools to get out. I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't realize that subconsciously alcohol was affecting me. So let's talk more about these limiting beliefs, okay? These were groundbreaking in my journey to understand I learned that limiting beliefs are where our behaviors actually come from. Limiting beliefs are things you consciously or subconsciously believe to be true. And these beliefs affect so many areas of our lives. They shape our reality, our thoughts. They come from our past experiences or how we grew up, our family. If you grew up poor or you barely had enough food, you may grow up to believe that it's hard to make money or you'll never have money or you'll have this scarcity mindset. Or if you always have been with men that cheat on you, you may believe that all men are cheaters. This is a limiting belief. They can either empower you or limit you. And a lot of these beliefs run on autopilot. We don't even realize that we're acting out these limiting beliefs every single day with our language and our behaviors. 
So I chose to really examine mine and debunk them one by one, which was so interesting. I have many limiting beliefs, but for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to specifically talk about the ones surrounding alcohol. And just the process of debunking them, it creates such a mind shift. So I started with writing down all of my limiting beliefs or like my fears around not drinking um, be- right when I started to become sober curious. And some of my fears were fear that I won't be fun to be around, fear I will look awkward, fear that I won't connect with someone or I won't feel confident or fear that I won't know what to talk about. It was just like all of these beliefs I had And it was like mostly about other people and how people were going to look at me and view me. And I was like so worried about what other people thought of me after I went through this process. I realized that it was like I wasn't even drinking for myself. I was drinking for everyone else. So I went through each of those and I proved them all wrong. For example, the limiting belief of I won't have fun unless I'm drinking. So alcohol is only fun for like 20 minutes or so, and then you want another drink because it's a dopamine spike. So that's why we always reach for another one. The fun that I thought I was having sometimes turned into arguments or blackouts, or I said something that I wish I wouldn't have said or did something super embarrassing. So was that really fun? No, it wasn't. It took all the fun out of it, actually. I'll give you another one. I'm not confident without alcohol. When I was drinking, I felt like that liquid courage to act and say what I wanted. It was a false confidence. It was not the true Charlotte that was coming out. It was the alcohol coming out. The following mornings after I would drink without fail, my confidence was even lower than it was before because I let myself down again or I embarrassed myself, or I couldn't get out of bed and be the mom that I wanted to be because I was so hungover. So did alcohol really make me confident? No. It made me feel 10 times worse about myself. Or the, the great one, alcohol relaxes me. That one is like such a lie. Alcohol actually increases your stress and your anxiety. So I'd wake up at 3 a.m. heart pounding and just thinking like, what did I do tonight? What did I say tonight? Did I, did I get in an argument with my husband? Was I, was I, you know, acting like stupid or, or something, you know, like just trying to recall the night and my heart was pounding and I had anxiety and I felt even more stressed than I did before I drank. So I was actually more reactive which created more stress and more conflict in my life. So did alcohol actually relax me? Absolutely not. You see, every single belief that I had was bullshit. I could keep going because there's a lot more, but we could be here a while. So I will continue on. So during this time, like right before, it was probably like mid-2021 all the way up to like Christmas time, I was sober curious and my intuition was like really telling me to stop drinking. It was telling me over and over, screaming at me that there's got to be another way. This is not this is not who you truly are. This is not your highest self. This is not your authentic self. So I started getting into different books and I found This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. And I ended up trying out her program. I joined it 
in October of 2022. So you see there were a lot of months of drinking, a lot of months of being lost, a lot of months of fighting my intuition and not listening to myself, to my heart. And it was just a time that was filled with, you know, this internal negative dialogue. And I decided to join the program called The Path. And it's a 90-day program and it teaches you how to stop constantly thinking about alcohol and stop relying on willpower and take back control of your drinking. The program is framed around teaching you from the ground up the truths, the truths of alcohol and what it does to you physiologically when you drink and how much of your beliefs play into this narrative that you need alcohol when you actually don't. And it just demystifies the culture's view of alcohol. The first 45 days, she tells you, which was crazy to me at first, that it's okay to drink. And she encourages you, or encourages you to keep drinking because she knows that what you're going to learn is, is going to change um, your mind eventually. We used, you know, the times that we drank as data points, which are opportunities to learn from. There's no shame. There's no guilt. It's just reflecting and analyzing what actually happened each time I drank. So we would talk about, you know, last night I drank and then we would break down like what happened when you were drinking. Oh, I felt this way. I actually felt really bad. It made me tired. I got in an argument. I was not present with my kids or, you know, I just stayed to myself and I isolated. So it really helped you break down what actually happened while you were drinking. It was was It was really huge for me. So there's no white knuckling. There's no forcing to stop drinking during this program. And that's the magic of it. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. During this time, my drinking was worse than it ever has been. I was drinking every single day after work. My mind was consumed by alcohol and it was spiraling really fast. And I couldn't believe it was happening while it was happening. I would wake up and I would see pictures that I took the night before and think like, God, I know I wasn't drunk, but like, why can't I remember this? Why can't I remember this beautiful moment with my daughter or remember, you know, little moments throughout the night with my family at dinner? And it it really started to bother me that I couldn't remember the pictures that I took. And I was just at home. I wasn't even at a party. I was just at home with my family and I was still drinking to, to cope. I was drinking to escape what I didn't want to face. I was drinking to numb myself. My intuition was so right. It really was. And it was all in divine timing. So towards the beginning of the the path, we had to come up with an emotional-based goal. So this is instead of a behavior-based goal. It was framed around how we want to feel rather than what we wanted to make ourselves do. So it was it was really about just like thinking, how do I want to feel every day? What do I want alcohol to look like in my life? Not, I'm going to go to the gym starting tomorrow, or I'm going to stop eating sugar tomorrow. It was, how would you feel if you went to the gym every day? You'd feel great, right? So your emotional-based goal would, would be, I want to feel great every single day. And then you're naturally going to start doing the things to get you to feel great which is going to the gym. <laughs> For me, it was it was alcohol. And mine was, quote unquote, I want to feel free from anything controlling me. 
I want alcohol to be insignificant in my life. I want to feel content without any substances. I want to look at alcohol and know that it's a lie and be absolutely disgusted by it. And then we had to think about what it would change for us if we removed alcohol, which was really a great way to visualize the life you truly wanted. So you visualize, you know, what would this beautiful life be without alcohol? And you and you really like sit in that and write down every single detail, which is really important. The details are what really manifest it to become real someday. And the next thing that was such a pivotal moment for me were my non-negotiables. So these were the things that I was not going to go back on. The line in the sand. And I'll just read you a few of mine. I will no longer tolerate having one, two, three day hangovers. I will no longer tolerate not remembering the night before. I will no longer tolerate feeling anxious or depressed after drinking. I will no longer tolerate fighting with people due to drinking. I will no longer tolerate acting out of character or reactive due to drinking. I will no longer tolerate being drunk in front of my kids. I will no longer tolerate poisoning myself with a toxic substance. I will no longer tolerate feeling guilt and shame due to my drinking. I will no longer tolerate drinking to self-medicate. And I will no longer tolerate being a good example for my kids to look up to. Not being a good example for my kids to look up to. And I'm telling you, you guys, something just clicked. Something clicked. And as a group, we were all going to attempt to stop drinking together. And I actually stopped like a week before everyone because I had this crazy mind shift. I was, I just realized alcohol for exactly what it was. And everything I was learning was working. It It was getting to my subconscious. I was changing my limiting beliefs. I was understanding what alcohol actually was doing to me on a physiological level and all the lies that it brought to me. And it's cool because she has you do this experiment, right? You you have one drink and then you wait an hour and see how you feel. So I tried the experiment and I and I took a shot and I went with my husband to Home Depot. And about 30 minutes after, I started feeling so bad. Like my body, my mind, everything. My body is the one thing that felt the worst. I just felt like depleted and lethargic and lazy. And I thought to myself, I didn't feel this way before I had that shot. I felt great. I was ready to start the day. I had energy. The shot is what did this to me. And it was like that connection just made such a huge impact on the way I looked at alcohol. So the days just started racking up once I quit. I quit October... Oh my gosh, I should know this date, but it's not that important to me, honestly. It was the end of October. I decided, you know what? I I don't want to drink anymore. I can drink, but I don't want to. And I did, the days just started passing and I didn't have any cravings, you guys. It was like a miracle. I never thought that could happen to me. I didn't even think I could go a week without drinking. And I remember people being in the program and they were like three days alcohol-free or one month alcohol-free. And I just remember feeling like, God, I'm so jealous. Like I was so envious. Like I want that. And I kept thinking like, I'm never going to get there. I'm never, I'm never going to be 30 days alcohol free. And of course that mindset does not work. And then, you know, once something clicked, 
I, I turn around and I'm 60 days alcohol free. And it was amazing that removing one small thing from my life, all that it started to do for me, I started to trust in myself and I built self-trust that was now it's unbreakable. Like I trust myself. I know when I say something, I'm going to do it. My marriage improved immensely. We stopped fighting over little things. I stopped being so defensive all the time because I wasn't drinking and I'm I became present and I felt alive more than I ever did before. My skin cleared up. I felt rested and I slept so much better. There was no more waking up at 3 a.m. and and having, you know, my heart racing and anxiety and, and just mad at myself. My creativity started to flow. And I knew that exciting things were coming ahead. And I even started to socialize and like go do things with my friends and everyone would be drinking and I wasn't. And I felt amazing. I would afterwards, I had such a high because I did it. I was like, yes, I rocked that shit. I had so much fun and I didn't drink. And now I get to go home and go to bed and wake up feeling refreshed. I don't have to have a hangover. Like how beautiful is that? So removing alcohol showed me this world that I didn't even know existed And I learned that I was actually capable of achieving my dreams. Like, who would have thought? I wasn't some alcoholic sleeping under a bridge or a drunk mom who couldn't, you know, pick up her kids from school because she was too drunk. I was still, like, taking care of things. I was working. I was a good mom on the outside. I was kind of what you would call a gray area drinker. And you don't have to be this terrible alcoholic to want to change your relationship with it. And once I decided to experiment being alcohol-free, there was like no stopping it. I discovered so much more, and it was only the beginning. I realized I had this deep, deep calling inside of me to become my highest, my truest self. And there's been so many benefits along the way, as I've already listed. But the, the biggest benefit, I think, overall is really discovering who I am and And really just like sitting with myself and figuring out who is Charlotte? What does Charlotte like to do? And loving myself, learning how to love myself. I couldn't love myself when I was drinking. There was way too much brain chatter, way too much going on with either hangovers or when am I going to drink next? It just, it wasn't in the cards for me when I was drinking. So after a hundred days I was really at this like reflective spot. I was like, wow, this has been such an amazing journey so far. And my future felt so bright. And of course, you guys, there were days where I did feel like crap. Like that's normal. It's not, you're not going to feel amazing every single day of your life. You're going to have some moments of feeling sad or feeling anxious or, or you just, you know, you're tired. That's okay. I started giving myself permission to feel like that. When before, I would feel like that and I would immediately drink, thinking that it was going to put a Band-Aid on it. And that's all it was, was a Band-Aid, right? It it helped for a little bit, but then you're right back to where you were once the alcohol wears off. And you're usually worse than you were before because of the alcohol. So I just, I I wasn't letting myself down anymore. There was no more shame. There was no more regret. I've just been proud of myself, even in those hard moments having that permission to rest, having that permission to, you know what, today I just want to watch Netflix and that's okay. Or today I, you know what, I'm really sad about this and I'm going to talk to someone about it. I'm not going to 
numb myself with alcohol. And discovering my confidence in social social settings was so eye-opening also because, I mean, as I told you, I've been drinking since I was 13 in social settings. So it was like a really hard one for me. I, I always felt like, oh, I have social anxiety or, you know, I'm awkward or I'm quiet. But like that, all of that is okay. That's who I am. And now I'm okay with being in a crowd of people and being quiet. That's who I am. I'm more of an observer. I'm more of like, if you come talk to me, I'm going to talk with you and, and like, we're going to have this amazing conversation, but I'm not someone that just walks up to people and, you know, is super outgoing and extroverted. And I finally am at a place where I'm okay with that. That's who I am. And if people don't like it, that that's fine. Like people might think that I look stuck up or, I you know, have resting bitch face, like some people say, but that's okay. I know once you get to know me, you're going to know that that's not true. Sitting with my authentic self without any buffering has not been easy, you guys. It hasn't. I've had to really dive into hard moments. I've had to see, like, what am I doing wrong in, in certain situations and how can I fix it? Like, even the smallest things started to become clear as day of how I can go about fixing things. Like, how I can stop arguments from continuing or just have like a simple disagreement, have a conversation. Maybe you're not agreeing, but it doesn't have to blow up. You know, I'm, I'm learning all of these new communication patterns and who would have thought like, I'm a communication major. You would think I would be like this great communicator, but I mean, it it takes practice. It takes learning. It takes growth. It takes having the willingness to grow. And that's what I have. I have the willingness to grow, but when I was drinking, I didn't. I was playing small every single day. I was not stepping out of my comfort zone. I was numbing. I was buffering. I was hiding. It's crazy to think that one beverage was holding me back from all of this, right? So after this naked mind, I joined another beautiful program that I hold so dearly to my heart because um, I truly feel like that's where this podcast came from. And that was also with Carolina. She's the author of Euphoric, which is an amazing book. You can buy it on Amazon. She's also going to be coming on the podcast to meet all of you and share her story. It's, It's amazing. I joined her Becoming Embolded program, which is life after alcohol and finding your purpose and what really drives you. And it was like these daily tiny modules, like three or four minutes a day. And then we would have weekly meetings through Zoom. And you guys, like it was life-changing for me. I was able to like dream up these beautiful things like a podcast, right? Like who would have thought I would ever start a podcast? If you knew me before this, you might think like, oh yeah, maybe she'll talk about it, but she actually going to do it. Like I'm doing it. I am actually doing it. And I would not be doing this if I was still drinking. Bottom line, I wouldn't. I'm now close to eight months alcohol-free, and this journey has led me right here on this microphone in front of my camera with all of you, because I feel like this is a secret that, like, everyone needs to know. Everyone needs to know removing alcohol, what it could do for you, and of course, like, not everyone had the drinking, you know, problem, as you want to, as people call it, that I had, but just being aware of your relationship with alcohol is great. Just knowing like why you're drinking or when you're drinking or what happens when you're drinking. Just start to question things. 
you become so much more aware of who you are when you question what you're doing and you're not just on autopilot every day. And and now I'm just in this beautiful space where I wake up every day and I'm so grateful and happy and like today I was I I meditated and I was practicing some reiki and I was just filled with so much joy. I'm just so happy that I removed alcohol from my life because I know I would not be in the place I am right now mentally, physically, or or starting this podcast and actually doing it. And all of my visualizations, all of the journaling I've done, it's all showing up. It's all coming to light. And ultimately, that's what I've learned is it's all about divine timing. And it just, this is my time. And I wholeheartedly feel it in my gut that this is my time. I'm sorry I'm so emotional. I'm just really filled with so much joy right now. But yeah, as you can see, this this journey is really close to my heart. And if you have any questions about this naked mind or becoming emboldened, um, any of the programs I've done, or or if you need any resources to get help with alcohol, please, please reach out to me. Um, you can email me. You can send me a DM on Instagram. I am here as a resource for you. I do have my master's in educational counseling. I'm approaching my coaching certification. I'm going to be working with people one-on-one very, very soon. So If this is something that you want to look at and you're just sober curious, I would love to talk to you because now I feel like I have to climb to the highest mountain and scream it, how amazing this life is without alcohol, because it truly, truly is. And I just want to thank all of you. If you listen this far, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable allowing me to share my story with you and allowing me to relate to you because we all relate in some way or another. We're mirrors of each other. Your story is my story and my story is your story. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes, share it with your friends and tag me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at healinganddealing.podcast and by joining our Facebook group. Be sure to follow me for inspiration, tips, and exciting news about upcoming episodes. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one or have questions or comments about what you heard today, please email me at healinganddealing.podcast at gmail.com. Your support means the world to me. I'm so grateful to be sharing my voice and the voices of others with you. Now, let's keep healing and dealing. We'll see you in the next episode.